You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. Know more about sex as an idol in today's culture in this message by Pastor Edre Kanda. Advisory, this podcast contains mature subject matter. Please exercise discretion when listening around children. We're going to be tackling several things today um, with our series called Uncensored. Basically, for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about one topic. And we're going to be looking at what the Bible says about that particular topic. So this is a very, I, I, I'd say, a very vulnerable series. So talking about being vulnerable, can I be vulnerable with everyone this morning? Okay. Uh, last year, I was invited to preach in our youth service in Victory Malate. And um, basically on the same topic, on the very same day, because I was rushing... And normally, normally, like say 98% of the time, I follow traffic rules. I do. But during this time, I was, oh man, I, I think I'm going to be late. And I need to pass through Alabang Sapote, which is usually traffic, to Coastal, which is usually traffic. So uh, I diverted to, Makap- to the Makapagal Road. And while I was driving, I keep seeing this 65 kilometer uh, per hour limit. And normally... I follow that because I don't want to be like I don't want police to come and stop me and all that. But and then I would remember in there are certain roads here in the south where that's just a suggestion. Every time you would see like a, a speed limit, it's just a suggestion. So while I was driving there, 65, I'm I'm in a rush. I'm in a hurry. It's just a suggestion. <laughs> Drove really fast and there were no cars. I mean, I'm not gonna get into any accident. There's no one watching, so I failed in my integrity, <laughs> drove about around 75 kilometers per hour. Lo and behold, two blocks away, a, a police, a traffic enforcer came up and he was stopping me, and I knew why. So I'd stop, I opened up the window, we had a good talk, the, 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 the officer was really nice, and um, we settled it. I, I paid in the bank. I like their system where I, I paid in the bank. They, he gave me a ticket. I'll just go to the bank and pay it. But So it, it, it's all good. I learned my lesson, Lord. I'm really sorry after that. But he asked one question that made me go... Because he asked me, where are you going, sir? Where are you na I am about to preach in a youth service. It was a very awkward conversation. And we have a lot of that awkward conversations, right? Um, for the singles here, and when I was st- when I was still a single, I'd hate it when people come up to me and ask me, "Why are you still not married?" Diba parang you're you're a single person, you're having the time of your life. It's it's not probably a priority now. And people would ask you that, and sometimes it becomes awkward because I don't have anything to tell you. I just am not married. Awkward conversations. Awkward conversations could be, you know, when, when, when we would hear someone, oh, why did you guys break up? Why did you do this? Or when we failed in school, like, why did you fail? And the you know, people would keep asking us questions, and it would cause an awkwardness during that situation. Especially when we would hear kids ask us, Mom, Dad, where do babies come from? Um, how do I explain this? <laughs> it's awkward. 
It's an awkward conversation. In fact, the whole series for me, as, as we start this, it will become awkward for some of you, for most of you. It may be hard for some of us to hear this. Uh, in fact, I'm going to be sharing some stories later on how the stigma of this world, of this word called sex, has caused so much distortion in, in people's minds. Two extremes. We're going to be looking at that as well later. But it's, it gave us so much stigma that this word became such a cause of stir for many people, for many groups of people. It can be people are so off by it that we consider this word a taboo, sex. And yes, we are mentioning that word here. And I want to desensitize your ears with this word, sex, okay? Sex. And for some people, this is their life. But what we want to dive into is what does the Word of God says about this word? Why, do, why, th- why does this word exist in the first place? And we're going to be looking at that when we uh, start off our series. We're going to be reading today from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Can we all stand up as we read God's word? And it says here, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Now let's all read this together. Verse 5. One, two, three. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. I pray, God, that you open up our minds, open up our spirit. I pray, God, for your spirit to to speak in us. Let this truth be embedded in our hearts. God, we come against any worldly mindsets. We come against any lies from the enemy about this word. As we talk about us, we dig in, God. Lord, you're, you're... beautiful design for this word called sex. And we thank you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So let me start off with this. We were talking about how this word is such a taboo. And there are several different mindsets when you talk about sex. In fact, in, the, in verse 5, we're looking at sexual immorality um, here. And we're going to be looking at that. What is sexual, sexual immorality? But sometimes, because of the stigma, you, the, the word sex, we associate it immediately with sexual immorality. And because of that, for a lot of people, for them, sex is to be despised. I placed a question mark there because, as I've said, this is controversial. I don't want it to become your truth if we put it on stage. That's why I just placed a question mark. Just in case some of you will take a picture na, bakit sabi ng pastor sex is to, is to be despised? Grabe naman niya. I, I placed a question mark there to be safe. Because for some people, it is something that they're not comfortable with. It's a, it's a taboo for them. I remember when I uh, preached in, I was invited one time to the youth camp of Every Nation Singapore. And I was asked to talk to their high school and college students. So I'm assuming their high school and college students are the same here. So we went there, I went there with my wife, and uh, I was invited to talk about purity. And so I sent my notes to the, the, the guy in charge, and my previous notes were 
about sex. I was actually going to talk about sex and purity to these high school and college students, which normally in the Philippines, that's fine. When I got there and I preached one topic in the morning and then in the afternoon, um, about 10 minutes before, oh, 20 minutes before my preaching, they had an activity where what they would do, they would, from the magazines, cut out things that are for them pure and impure. So that's the activity. And while, while they were doing that, they were supposed to make a presentation as groups. Like they're going to show, oh, these are the things that I consider pure. These are the things that I consider impure. And then one by one, I realized something. Because every time they would talk about something impure, they would just show it's either a picture of a french fries, sleeping late, and I was, I'm going to be talking about sex. In their head, impurity is eating oil. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I talked to someone there, apparently, if, 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 not only are, there ch- are they church kids, which means that they are secured, uh, they are, you know, there are certain restrictions in the family. The government of Singapore as well has certain restrictions to pornography and anything. So the, these kids are not exposed to anything, especially with this word. And then one time, um, one of the students said, oh, this word, sex, and they all laughed. And they're like, yuck, sex. I'm like, I got 10 minutes to prepare for a new preaching. The longest 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> I had to go to my keynote and delete, delete, delete. I will... Because ab- I presentation ko merong word na sex. I'm about to defile them just because of the stigma that they have towards the word. And it's not their fault. There is a stigma. But you see, is this, re- is this a word we should be running away from when we, hear, when we see the word sex? If you look at the Bible, if you look at the, the, the book of Song of Solomons, or the Song of Songs for some of you, it is actually a very sexual book. Written for the husband and the wife. Very sexual. The Bible is encouraging us regarding this topic. In fact, in the book of Proverbs 5, 18-19, it says here, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. And this is where, why this series is called Uncensored. A lovely deer, a graceful doe, let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. And in other translations, it says, let her breast intoxicate you. Get drunk with it. Enjoy it. Enjoy your wife. Basically, this verse is saying, and I love my wife. So the Bible is showing this is not something to be, this word sex is not something that we should be despising. This is is not a word we should be running away from. This is, sex is not just for procreation, as what other movements are saying. It's not just for procreation. It's meant to be enjoyed. It's meant in, in its original design, in its original purpose. Sex is probably the most awesome thing in the world. With the purpose that it had, the, the original purpose that it had. Now, the other extreme, so sex, is it really something that we should despise? The other extreme mindset would be, if we look back in Colossians 3, 5, it says here, put to death therefore what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, and I'm going to, if you, you have your um, 
offense with you, highlight that word. Sexual immorality, purity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because for other people, when we talk about sex, and I'm going to be highlighting sexual immorality, that what they're saying is, their view of sex is, is it's a God. Or, no, Pastor Edra, I don't worship sex. Okay. But as sexual beings, we're all sexual beings. We have a meaning for this. When we talk about sex as a God, in, uh, we talk about the word idolatry. Tim Keller said in... Uh, Tim Keller said, what is an idol? It is anything more important to you than God. This could be anything, okay? Anything more important to you than God. This could be work. This could be uh, a relationship. This could be a gadget. This could be uh, an ability, a skill, or a wealth, or something that we own. Anything that comes before God. Anything that absorbs our hearts and imagination more than Him. Anything you seek to give you what only God can give. And for a lot of people, when we talk about sex, it's their God. It says in 1 Corinthians 6.13, For is, um, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Now, a little context about this text. Uh, the, the city of Corinth, where the book of Corinthians was written to, yung, yung church po natin, do, yung church po ng, the, the very first church that we have, the, the church that is in the city of Corinth, the city itself, it's like the Las Vegas of our time or the Bangkok of, of, of their generation. It's so sinful. It's a port city. It's a very cosmopolitan city. So, it, in fact, to be called a Corinthian wo- woman, it's an insult. If someone mentioned, oh, you're a Corinthian woman, they're ma- basically saying you're a prostitute. Because in this city, it is encouraged, it is the lifestyle. And what they're saying is, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. Is They're saying, meaning that it's, sex is like just an appetite. Or, for, or for fo- appetite for food. If we get hungry, eh, we eat. So they're saying, oh, for sex, it's the same thing. If you feel it, you do it. You can do it with whoever you want, whenever you want, however you want. And that's what they're saying. And Paul is saying, the body is not meant for sexual immorality. Because for a lot of people, when we talk about sex, and I am attaching this phrase, sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is anything about sex that is outside of the original design of God. Anything outside of that, and we're going to be looking at that original design later, but anything outside of that is called sexual immorality. And for a lot of people, when we talk about sex as a God, what we're saying is for a lot of people, it's like their motivation in life. Motivation in life can mean, you would see this around, and I'm in Twitter and Instagram, You people would take pictures of themselves without their top or girls wearing skimpy clothing. I don't understand what is it for. I would assume it's to advertise themselves. And why would you show your body if it's not to advertise to be to get laid? For a lot of people, it's their motivation in life. You know, I'm gonna have money so I will get all the wom- women I want, or I will do this so you know I will learn how to speak well and I, w- I will become famous. So I will have this. Pleasure that I can. In other words, when our motivation is to gratify ourselves, 
when it's just about gratifying our needs, when it's just about, oh, I feel bad today, I'm going to open the net, I'm alone anyway, search on a website. Oh, because, you know, I can't wait. You know, I have my girlfriend. I have needs. You know, she has to fulfill my needs. So she has to do it even though we're not married. Sex is a God. When it's about our gratification, when it's about our pleasure, then that becomes a God. And for a lot of people, they're saying sex is just physical. Like these guys in the city of Corinth. It's just, this is nothing more than physical. What we do here, it does, this doesn't mean I love you. We're just going to do it. We're just friends. We're just going to hook up. I don't know your name. I don't need to know you. It's all just physical. Now, the problem with that, if we're saying that sex is just physical, is that why is it that the vic- victims of, and I'm going to be... I'm going to try to be sensitive in this statement. A lot, probably all of them, most rape victims would need therapy and counseling. Why would they need that if it's just physical? Why would someone attacked sexually would need so much help and counseling and therapy if it's just physical? So I believe it's more than physical. It's not just physical. It goes beyond physical. The original design for sex is not just physical. So those are the two extremes. It's either my mindset is sex is something that I should despise. It's something I should run away from. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to even hear this word. Or maybe I'm this person who I am motivated by gratifying myself, whether I sleep around or I don't. But my life is about I need to gratify my needs. I need to gratify my, 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 my libido. I need to gratify everything that I'm feeling. That could be the mindset, either the first one or the other. But the Bible isn't talking about that. That's not even the real purpose of sex. It's not just... It's not something to be despised. It's not a God. It's beyond physical. Because sex is indeed beyond physical. It is something spiritual. In fact, it is a God-given gift. And when we say gift, it's, not, it's meant to be enjoyed. Actually, I'm going to be uh, showing something. And since our series is called Uncensored, I want... To, uh, I, I don't want to hold. Uh, what, what's the term? I don't want to. I don't want to withhold anything. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna be showing a very sensitive picture. Okay. May contain um, uh, nudity. I may get fired. <laughs> but I just want to show the real design of sex. Because the original design. It's beautiful. <laughs> Am I still hired, Pastor? Oh, <laughs> that's a relief. <laughs> the original design of sex, that's why when God created Adam and Eve, they were created, created naked. And when we, when we say they were created naked, they were, there was no shame between the two of them. Husband and wife, the original design. They were, God married them. Eve was taken out of Adam, 
they were one flesh. And when we talk about sex, it meant one flesh. That sex is not about self-gratification. Self, sex is actually about self-donation. That when two people have sex, they're giving a huge part of them to their partner. In fact, when we talk about... It, it's not just bi- biblical, actually. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 6.16, it says here, Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. It's not just a biblical concept. It's actually very scientific. For those of you uh, in the medical field, I hope you correct me if I'm wrong. There is actually a hormone called oxytocin. And an oxytocin is the hormone we produce. Um, it's either th- through cuddling, through getting close with someone, hugging someone, loving someone, especially during sex. And it's, the, the purpose of oxytocin is to bond people together. It unites one person to the other. Oxytocin is the same hormone uh, a young child is producing so that his or her mother would be so close to them. Oxytocin. At the same time, oxytocin is produced in great volume when we're making love, when we're having sex. So in a way, when, we're, when, when sex is happening, what it does it's that it bonds people together like glue bonds it so tight and for a lot of people on the way or it's just physical or it's nothing happening it's not serious i don't feel anything for her i just sleep around i just sleep around with every with anyone and i i just do it for like every friday i it's nothing serious for me but it's like this when our mindset is like that And scientifically, it actually explains that during sex, we're getting something from the other. It's like we're being bonded together. Now, what will happen if I try to split this together? Or it's not just physical. I don't need to know you. Don't contact me, okay? I I I don't want... Anything. It's just, this is just physical. I'm just having sex. We're not together. I don't have any commitment with you. I'm not going to marry you. You're, not, you're nothing to me. Or fine, you're my girlfriend now. I'm not sure what my plan is for the next 10 years. I don't know if we're going to be together. I don't know what's going to happen. And people started pulling each other apart. Imagine what happens to two people who are sleeping together, but not in the context of marriage. I know I've been hearing a lot of, like, Oh, the, the, the old, you guys are using the old mindset. You know, we're forward thinkers. We think sex is for everyone. It's for, you do it with whoever you want. It's freedom. It's this. The, the thing is, when we talk about forward thinking, the old thinking, the reason why the book of Corinthians, these verses were written is because the old thinking was to have sex with whoever and whatever, including whatever. That's the, that's the old thinking. That's how people think. In fact, in, in, in their cities, they would have temples where prostitution is allowed, where they, in order to worship their gods, they have to sleep with a male or a female prostitute, and they're worshiping their god. In, in, during their time, in, during the Roman era, um, and I would hit certain sensibilities here, uh, sex is so, it's, it's a fluid concept. Sleep with whoever you want. The Roman emperors would have a wife and a male partner. 
it's their, it's their thing. Now, that's their concept. Now, imagine this is something new during their time. This is the forward thinking. It's not because God hates us to, it doesn't want us to have pleasure. He gave us sex for that very purpose also. Not just procreation. But here's the thing. He knew that every time we would use sex as to, for something else other than its original design, this is what we're doing to ourselves. And He loves us too much. That's why you know, He doesn't want us to commit this to ourselves. That's why in the Bible, sexual immorality is the only sin we commit directly to ourselves. Because this is what's happening. This is what we're doing to ourselves. We are ripping each other apart. We are ripping not just the emotional connection, not just the physical connection, but even the, that when we sleep together, the, our spirits become, it's almost like one. And in the backwards thinking of this world, it's like sleep whatever you want. It's like, okay, no commitment, no marriage, sleep again. I can't even tear this anymore. <laughs> it's like... And we end up like this. I actually want to take this time to pray for a group of people. If, if this is you, you've been, you felt like you are torn apart because of a history, because of you've slept with other people. And I believe if God is talking to you now, I believe, it, it is, I believe if you're feeling something, I believe it's the Holy Spirit ministering to you now. And I do want to pray for you because we're not meant to stay like this. We are not meant to live our lives ripped apart. We are not meant to live our lives like this crap. In fact, if we continue, the original design of sex for sex is such a beautiful thing. And let me tell you, I love sex. I'm a married guy and I can say that. <laughs> and I love my wife even more. It brings us closer together even more. And I enjoy it because it's the original design. In fact, even in our love making, we're worshiping God. Imagine that. Because she's my wife. And I'm a worshiper of God. So I'll worship God even more. But what happened? How did it become distorted? When we go back to the original design, what happened was sex was so beautiful. It's meant to bond people together. But something came in. Something entered the picture. Sin came in. The serpent came in. And they, he started saying, oh, you, you, need, you, you bite this fruit and you will become like the God. Like the God who created you. You will have knowledge. You will be as smart as anyone else. And they did. And the first thing that they felt, it's not, it, it, they didn't feel powerful after that. The first thing that they felt was shame when they bit that. You know what sexual immorality does? It's not to give us pleasure. The original design of sexual immorality designed by the enemy is to put so much shame in you. To make you feel dirty. To make you feel like you're nothing. To make you feel like no one will love you because you're torn apart. That's what sexual immorality does. 
it got all distorted because of sin. And we end up with thousands upon thousands and millions and millions of people who are like this. But it didn't end there. Let's go back to our text, our main text. It says here, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and you, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. But the Bible is saying, yes, sin, sexual immorality did this to us. I'm including myself. But what, is, what we're saying here is that when Christ came, when He died on the cross, He paid for our sins. He paid for our shame, which is a great thing because what sin does is give us shame. And Christ, what Christ did is He paid for that shame. He's saying, your shame, whatever your past is, I paid for that already. I am sealing that with my blood. I am removing that from your life. But it did not end there. Not only did He remove the shame... When he rose up again, it says here, when Christ became alive, he also gave us life. And when he gave us life, he made us whole. And when he made us whole, we can now worship him in glory. In other words, in Jesus Christ, when you understand, that when we start setting our minds, when we start saying, Lord, I have a past. I, I am this. I am this in every angle. You have no idea, Pastor Edre, what I have done. The shame and the darkness that I have been. I am this. Over and over and over. But what I am telling you is that through Jesus Christ, you may feel dead here. You may feel like sin has caused so, so much shame and death in you. But because when Christ lived again, He is saying, not only will I change you, but not only will I fix your paper, not only will I fix this, I will make you new again. In Christ, when He became, when He rose up again after three days, He took every broken part of you, removed it, changed it, and He made you new. In other words, the consequences of sexual immorality, the consequences of our shame was paid for and won over by the cross of Christ. So when we're saying, Lord Jesus, I put my mind towards you. Lord, ikaw lang iwa worship ko. I will not worship myself. I will not worship my gratification. I will worship you because you have died for me. That is the only time that we become new. And because of that, because of the power of His resurrection, I can say no to sexual immorality. I can say no to pornography. I can say no to an fair. I can say no to anything outside of the original design of sex. In fact, as much as I love my wife and my time with her, to experience Jesus Christ is far so better than anything sex can give. Fine, sex is fun, sex is this, it's, it makes me love my wife even more. But even in that perfect design of sex, not even that can ever compare to the times that I would experience the love of Christ in me, to the time that I was forgiven because of my shame, to the time that God said, I will remove your past, I will make you new. That does not compare to an experience with Christ. Because more than anything, when you experience the love of Jesus Christ in your life, 
There are many reasons why we commit sexual immorality. There are many reasons. For some, we want to feel loved. We want to feel accepted because we grew up in a family where no one would approve of us. We grew up in a family where no one would accept us. But you know what? In Jesus Christ, He accepted you already. Some of us would want to experience pleasure. Kaya ako sexual immorality. I've counseled so many young people because of that. They want to feel good about themselves. In Jesus Christ, when, you play, when we place our minds towards Him, the best pleasure, I am telling you, that you can ever experience way better than any drug in the world is to experience His presence. And that can only happen when we have Jesus Christ. And for some of us, We commit sexual immorality because something happened to us in the past. Nababoy na naman ako nun eh, so tuloy ko na lang. No one would love me anyway. No one would accept me anyway. So I'm just going to do this because this is the only currency I know. This is the only life I know. Through the cross of Christ, he's saying, no, that's not. I'm here. You experience me. Let me enter your life. Let me become a part of your life. Let me become a part of you. Let me, let me allow you to experience me. Let me allow you to enjoy me. Let me, Jesus Christ is saying, to, to, to become something that would fill all the void in your heart. Because really, and I, I can say this confidently because I've, I've had sex. I'm not a virgin. I'm married. And I love my wife. Man, I enjoy my time with her. But man, when we experience Jesus Christ, it's just something else. All of a sudden, I am accepted. All of a, all of a sudden, I am loved. I am forgiven. I am filled. And I have no shame. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in the Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.